And now, a Sorry Wrong Door production of a podcast for your enjoyment. Strange, interesting, and slightly gamey. An absurd glimpse into the post-eclectic age. Sugar's only sweetness. Salt is ocean tears. And you were my only weakness. For years and years and years. Are we going? SISG is a broad spectrum show where we cover topics from the worlds of music, live entertainment, film, nostalgia, pop culture, and anything else that comes into our heads, all with an emphasis on the strange and the unusual. It's basically the things that interest us and we hope will interest you too. Now the devil, she must be a dentist with deep jawbreaker eyes. Red rope hair, gumdrop lips, cotton candy thighs. You're my candy. Welcome everybody to our celebration. It's our anniversary party. Yes, believe it or not. We've been podcasting for a year now. A great year of neglecting wives, children, work, and other interests. But it's all been worth it to bring you couple listeners a little strange, interesting, and gamey entertainment. And tonight, we're jam-packed with it. We have classic tales of the supernatural, including another tale from Scholastic Books. We'll explore the topic of great American horror hosts and our undying love for them. Then we'll share some of the best places in America to celebrate Dia de los Muertos and other Halloween fun events. Still later, we'll have some tips for building your own Halloween yard haunts. Then there's recipes, music, and stuff we forgot what you're going to do. So, this is Uncle Frank. This is Greg. And this is Jimmy Sweets. Welcoming you all to podcast number Lucky 13. Let's get started. How do you do, ladies and gentlemen? My name is Alfred Hitchcock, and this is Music to be Murdered by. It is mood music in a jugular vein, and I hope you like it. Our record requires only the simplest of equipment, an ordinary phonograph needle, a four-inch speaker, and a 38 caliber revolver. Naturally, the record is long playing, even though you may not. So why don't you relax, lean back and enjoy yourself until the coroner comes. Entirely entertaining! A 
A new podcasting experience beyond your wildest imaginations. Simply amazing. Brought to you by Gloob. So now that we have a year under our belt, our resounding success has gone straight to our heads. What are you talking about? Yeah, what do you mean, Greg? I thought we'd been as humble as our colossal talents would allow us to be. True, James, we're humble, if nothing else. But we have done some things that could be misconstrued by the misinformed as a bit brazen, a bit cavalier. Well, you can't mean the statues we erected of ourselves in uh, Roman battle dress. No, of course not, Frank. Anyone that could misconstrue that as anything other than a well-deserved pat on the back, it just seemed foolish. What are you talking about, then? You know perfectly well what it is, Uncle Frank. And as a matter of fact, it was half your idea. Hey, would I you mean... just get on with it and, you know, before we all grow old and die? All right, all right. So we here at SISG have gone to create our own Hall of Fame. And we've gone and picked them all from the last 12 months of our podcast. And tonight, we're going to swear in our first five inductees. The ballots have been cast. The kind people at Howard Associates have counted them. Wait a minute, there's just three of us that are voting, and we have an accounting firm counting our ballots? Well, we had to get it right, Frank. This is important stuff here. Besides, the algorithm for the tiebreaker is above our pay grade. Anyway, let's get to the categories. Who's got the categories? All right. First, let me say that not all of our inductees are human. In fact, only one is. The rest are something else. Like what? Like our first inductee. It's a drink. James mixed this up for us way back on our Christmas episode. You mean a Krampus episode? Indeed, I do, Frank. Anyway, without further ado, our first inductee is... Drum roll, please. Tea and Krampus. James, why don't you tell us about it? You know, people have asked me, James, why this drink? And I tell them, well, first of all, it's not a drink, it's a punch. And it's not the 1.5 ounces of Appleton Estate rum, and it's not the 5 ounces of Karuba Original Blend rum, no, it's not the 5 ounces of blackberry liqueur, and it's certainly not the 25 ounces of St. Elizabeth's All-Spice Dram. Is it the 1 ounces of lime juice? Of course not. Don't be ridiculous. It's, it's not the, uh, the pineapple juice either that's 5 ounces. It's not the 5 ounces of vanilla syrup. And finally, it's not the dash of bitters. You know what it is? It's all of them rolled into one. It makes it delicious and fun to drink. Yes, indeed. And also a great drink to have while Krampus beats all the naughty boys and girls. So true, Gray. Well, there you have it. The first award. And there's more to come throughout the show. So stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. And we're back. 
here at the SISG Anniversary Celebration. Where we brought together family and friends and some random people that hang around back alley sometimes. Good times. We've got theme decoration at our party, of course, and competitions of skill and daring. I think we have some kind of jumper around here someplace, too. But most importantly, we have refreshments. It's always important to have a big spread, of course. And so, for those of you who couldn't join us here, we have recipes for some of our refreshments, so you can enjoy them wherever you are. But first, we'd like to talk about some of the other events and celebrations happening in this Halloween season, especially the Dia de los Muertos one. Gentlemen, I think we need a quieter spot, like the closets. Wait a minute. There, that's better. It's a little crowded and stuffy, but much quieter. All right, let's begin. And our first one is from Corpus Christi, Texas. I was just down there once, but man, that is beautiful. Good weather, uh, good beach area. Uh, all the signs on the beach say beware of rattlesnakes and scorpions. But other than that, it's a wonderful place. And they're having a Day of the Dead street festival. And it's going to be on Halloween, 3 p.m. to midnight. They have all kinds of live music, traditional and non-traditional. Uh, they look like they have some great lighting effects. And they got vendors and games and food. And it's pretty big, about three blocks of downtown. And then around the Ritz Theater, they're going to have some wonderful altars. And at the K-Space Contemporary, they'll be displaying fine arts that pay tribute to Mexico and uh, Mexican design. And Greg, what do you have for us? Well, if you're ever out in New Mexico and uh, looking to rub elbows with Heisenberg and uh, get some of that blue crystal meth, they've got the 23rd <laughs> Annual Day of the Dead Parade. That'll be November 1st from 2 to 6 p.m. It begins at the Bernardo Sheriff Substation. And afterwards, there's a music festival... They've got altars and vendors at the Westside Community Center. The address is 1250 Isleta Boulevard. James, what do you got for us? We'll have a Day of the Dead party at uh, Bar Cocina in Chicago. And that address is 2901 North Sheffield Avenue. Is that a bar? I believe it is. Uh, it's a bar and a kitchen. Bar Cocina. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Very good. Uh, in Chicago, uh, 60657 is the area code. Uh, not the area code, the zip code. The zip code. Uh, Saturday, October 31st, 2015 at 10 p.m. through Sunday, November 1st at 1 a.m. Uh, it has fire breathers, circus acts, and, uh, and self-proclaimed badass selfie booth. <laughs> That's one heck of a party. What's That's pretty good. the price good. of admission there? Nice. Uh, our next one is the Dia de los Muertos. It's now in the Hollywood Forever Cemetery. They always have a great um, celebration out there. They have a lot of professional altar builders. They have people with altars for their friends and family, but they also have these amazing, really just art pieces that are there. And they have the Inca dance troops that go through there. And then, of course, the Spanish and Mexican dances. It's the 16th annual, this one, and it's noon to midnight at the Hollywood Forever Cemetery. It, you can have some good grave sightings there if you look around. Uh, all kinds of the old Hollywood greats. It's Saturday, October the 24th, noon to 12 a.m. Uh, they have a lot of costume uh, contests and 
crafts for kids. They're selling food. They don't want you to bring food, but they will sell you food. <laughs> and uh, you could buy all sorts of items. I got for Dad, uh, our little altar in my room to Dad, I got a, a, a L.A. Dodger skull. <laughs> for Nice. And um, anyway, come. It's 20 bucks, but it, it's a good one. And Greg, what's your next one? Sticking with our New Mexico theme, uh, out in Santa Fe, there's a Day of the Dead art show and collector's event. That's on October 30th. That sounds like fun. That's at the Liquid Output, Liquid Outpost Coffee House and Gallery. And again, that's Friday, October 30th from 4 to 8 p.m. Very cool. Be there or be square. And <laughs> James? And I have a, the Return of the Souls at the Mendez Learning Center, uh, 1200 Plaza del Sol, uh, Sunday, November 1st. 4 p.m. to 10 p.m. Uh, they have Day of the Dead vendors, arts and crafts, food, children's workshops, and and uh, much, much more. And that's in Los Angeles, California. Okay. Another thing in Los Angeles, California, is the great one on Alvera Street in downtown L.A. There, that one is a more, it's traditional and it's more family-related and more like a true Day of the Dead celebration. It's October 25th uh, through November 3rd this year. They have children's workshops, and they have a um, a parade of them of their own every night. It's a, a candlelight. Um, I'm going to say this wrong, but it's Novinario, Novinario <laughs> procession with candles and that. And um, I used to get that at Sal's Mexican Inn. It's great. <laughs> so. It's uh, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. is some of those children's workshops in that. They have uh, pre-Columbian uh, dancers, and they have, last time that I James and I went, they had those skeleton dancers. They came with uh, kind of like skeleton horses on sticks, and they had the skeleton costumes, and they did this dance number. And then they got on a bus and headed to the next place, wherever that was going to be. Um, they got puppet shows. They got mariachi bands. And uh, it's great. It's worth going to see. How about checking out the Day of the Dead Parade in Portland, Oregon on the 31st also? It starts at 4th Avenue and ends at, it ends at Someday Lounge on 125 Northwest Street. Anyone can join. They've got stilt walkers, marching bands, roaming musicians, ethnic dancers, etc., etc. And again, that's at the Someday Lounge. There'll be traditional music, food, and roaming puppets and altars. Uh, there's some new uh, haunts in Los Angeles that we didn't have last time. One is called Creep. And uh, the quote of that is, I'm not afraid of uh, monsters or demons. I'm afraid of what real human beings do to other real human beings. So I think it's kind of like the Blackout House. It's October 2nd, 4th, uh, 9th through the 11th, and 15th through the 18th. 23rd to the 25th, 28th to the 31st. And it's sponsored by Charles Manson. Yes, it's uh, 25 bucks online and 30 bucks at the door. Then there's Drunken Devil Productions. Um, it's Siore. It's a horror-centric live entertainment company. They present a twisted, monstrous manifestation of vice and depravity only 18 and over can go. It's October uh, uh, 7th through November 1st. And it's on weekends. 
think it's $18 online and $25 at the front door. And is that soiree, Frank? It, it's maybe it's soiree. <laughs> it must be soiree. There's also the Haunted Hotel uh, 2015. I don't know much about it, but the flyer looks pretty great, and it's only 5 bucks. Uh, it's going to be October 16th and 17th, the 23rd, 24th, and the 30th and 31st. There's kid-friendly events uh, from 6 to 7, and then the main event is from 7 to 9. So that's at uh, 211 East Main Street in Ventura, California. Looks pretty good, and for 5 bucks, you know, oh, yeah, how can, can you go wrong? Yeah, how can you go wrong? Well, that was only a few events in the scheme of things, but hopefully these will all inspire you to find celebrations closer to your homes. Now we have our first classic tale of the supernatural, and this tale is a true one. But first, since we were discussing the Dia de los Muertos, we're going to go out with Banda de los Muertos. Now, pretentious readings from Scholastic Books.
This was a tale that was swapped around from kid to kid in third and fourth grade. And like all true stories, it left its mark on all of us. From Strange But True by David Duncan, the elevator operator. Frederick Blackwood, the famous English diplomat, known as Lord Dufferin, once saved his life because he recognized a ghost. His encounter with the supernatural began while he was staying overnight at a friend's house in Ireland. He couldn't fall asleep, and all at once, he was aware of something eerie, something he could not explain. With senses sharp and alert, he got out of bed and went to the window. Moonlight of unusual brightness flooded the grounds. He heard moaning. He listened, tensing. There it came again. I must get hold of myself, he thought. His mind shook off the stories he'd heard of the haunted old Irish houses. It is the breeze stirring in the trees. The moaning grew steadily louder and closer. As Lord Dufferin squinted into the deep shadows cast by the huge ancient trees, he saw something move. Then he heard panting. A man staggered from the shadows into the bright moonlight. He carried a long black box on his back, and he was moaning and panting under its weight. Lord Dufferin left his room and hurried out into the lawn. In the full moonlight, he saw the black box was a coffin. Here, he called. What are you doing with that? The man lifted his head from under his burden. Lord Dufferin saw his face and recoiled a step. It was a face so ugly and evil that he would never forget it. Was the man a grave robber? Lord Dufferin nerved himself. What are you doing with that, he called again. As he approached to within a few strides, the man in the coffin disappeared before his eyes. Shaken, Lord Dufferin searched for signs of footprints in the dewy moonlit grass. There were none. Returning to his room, he wrote the details of the bewildering experience in his diary. When he laid down his pen, he believed he had written an end to the matter, even if he would never forget that face. But ended the matter was not. Years passed, during which Lord Dufferin served England as ambassador to Italy and to Russia, and as the Governor General of Canada. Then in 1891, he was named ambassador to France and in the city of Paris, he met the ghost again. The place was the Grand Hotel. Lord Dufferin stood waiting for an elevator to take him up to a reception. The other men in the lobby moved aside respectfully to let him enter first. The door opened. Lord Dufferin started forward, then froze as he saw the elevator operator. How could he forget that ugly, evil face? The operator was the same man he had seen carrying a coffin years before in Ireland, the man who had vanished into thin air. 
Calling upon all his self-control, Lord Dufferin betrayed no outward sign of terror. To the others waiting, Lord Dufferin mumbled an excuse and bid them go ahead. As they crowded into the elevator, he rushed into the hotel office. He must know who the man was. The crash sounded as he reached the office door. A cable had broken. The elevator had plunged five stories, killing everyone inside it. At the insistence of Lord Dufferin, the secret service of England and France sought to learn the identity of the mysterious elevator operator. Who was he? Where had he come from? But no one ever found out. up in our Hall of Fame ceremony is a movie. Hey, well, calling this just a movie is like calling the Brooklyn Bridge, well, just a bridge. So true, Frank. Well, this masterpiece won our March Madness Cult Classic Tournament, and so it definitely deserves to be in the Hall. Greg, tell us what it is and what's so freaking great about it. Our winning film, of course, was Pee-wee's Big Adventure. It's a favorite of ours here at SISG. From the first time I watched it, I loved it, and I watched it about three weeks ago, and I enjoyed it just as much as I did watching it the first time. You start with a beautiful soundtrack by Danny Elfman. You've got the style of Tim Burton, which is unique, and it, and it's, it has a little je ne sais quoi about it. And, of course, you've got great humor. You've got Mr. T cereal. And, let's not forget, a beautiful love story between a boy and his bike. It's got something for everybody. So there's inductee number two. Stay tuned for number three. Watched upon the beach, the creature 
caught a wave which left my surfboard out of reach. It seems as though his plan was just to take another ride. As quick as he had come, he disappeared before my eyes. The creature stole my surfboard. Yeah, the creature stole my surfboard. Yeah, the creature stole my surfboard. Now the creature stole my surfboard. again. Is everybody having a great time? Well, we are too. We've been reminiscing about our year in podcasting, about the interviews and the stories, the music and the discussions. And while we've been reminiscing, I have to admit, we've also been grazing. Grazing in the refreshment. Which reminds me, we've promised some recipes and this is as good a time as any to share some of the refreshments we've been serving at the party. By refreshments, we mostly mean alcohol. But we also have Greg's famous mummy dogs who tell you how to make And we have a sweet. These are all recipes that fit right into our celebration, but would fit into any October party. So let's get started with... The Midori Spider's Kiss. Uh, first, the ingredients are one part Midori melon liqueur and one part uh, Pinnacle Original Vodka. Fresh lemon juice and chocolate syrup. Uh, so draw the cho- draw a chocolate web into a martini glass and place in a refrigerator to chill. Combine Midori, uh, Pinnacle vodka, and lemon juice in a shaker and strain into a glass. Drizzle grenadine down the side of the glass for the blood effect, and then uh, top it all off with the garnish of uh, a chocolate dip slice uh, of orange. Nice, and I think you have some of them right now to share with us. I do. Very, uh, yeah, I can't say what I'm going to say, but uh, nice. very sweet of us. Let's just say this. That is one good-looking drink. I like the web there. I think Greg kind of got like a, a, a mentally challenged spider that did his web, but mine looks good. I think I might be pouring them a little fast. I'm screwing up the... Yeah, the chocolate. Cheers, so, cheers, cheers. Must be watered down. <laughs> that is nice. That's delicious. I wouldn't say it as a kick like a mule, but maybe like a pony. Very refreshing. <laughs> well, those of you that are drinking grenadine, I mean, uh, Midori, know that you know it's a very sweet liqueur, and, and that this is uh, more for fun than 
getting one. It's not quite a bitch <laughs> drink, but it's... It, the vodka does the trick. <laughs> yes. Thank you very much. And, Great uh, recipe. Let's move on, Greg. Now, I think we need uh, to sort of uh, cleanse our palates. Tell us, before we go on to another drink, about mummy dogs. He, uh, Greg serves these uh, wonderful treats at every horror marathon we have over at his house. <laughs> and uh, um, it's always great fun. And how do you make them? Well, they're pretty simple. You get some hot dogs, and if you really want to kick it up a notch, as Emerald likes to say, you you could get like some some of those Johnsonville pre-cooked bratwurst. That, that would work oh, too. nice! But a hot dog works fine. And then you're going to get some Pillsbury crescent rolls. And so for a package of, of uh, hot dogs, one package you just need one package of crescent rolls. And then you want to kind of roll those out. The, the, you take them out, the crescent rolls out and lay them fat, flat like a rectangle. You're not going to roll them up like you would if you were making a crescent roll. And sometimes I like to roll them a little thinner, but not too much. You don't want to, You might want to dust your surface with a little flour prior to that. And then what you're going to do is slice up lengthwise little strips of the crescent roll, and that's going to be your, your mummy wrapping. And you're just going to take it and kind of creatively wrap it around the hot dog. And... It's not an exact science, you know, you just kind of want the dough around it to kind of get that effect, but wrap it around like it was a, a mummy wrapping. And then you could even uh, leave a little face on the hot dog left, you know, don't, don't wrap the top of the dog, if, if you can visualize that, and take two little, little dots of mustard and make a little eyeball. So nice. you're going to wrap all your dogs and you're going you're gonna to put them on a cookie sheet. And then uh, you should have preheated the oven to about a 325 to 350, depending on how your oven is and what cooking surface you're using. It's, again, it's not exact science. You just want to kind of cook the dough. And you're going to pop those babies in for about 10 to 15 minutes and just keep your eye on, on that dough. And, and when you're done, you're going to have a nice treat. You know, your bun is built in there, and it looks good, and it's delicious to boot. That's awesome. How does that sound, everybody? You guys want some of this over here? Yeah, that's what I thought. Right. I, I never get to see how they look because they just go down so fast. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> next time I'm going to have to look. Very good. Well, what is the, the drink of choice you brought us today? Well, as I was researching this, I had a bout of pink eyes, so it's very appropriate. <laughs> it's, called the, it's called the Fiery Eyeball. So, first we're going to start with the hardware. The hardware is one. Actually, we'll have three martini glasses here chilled. And we also are going to need some ice, and that is our hardware. And for the software, you're going to need one ounce of pineapple juice, one ounce of orange juice, one ounce of brandy, two ounces of light rum, two ounces of dark rum, one ounce lime juice, half an ounce of grenadine, one ounce of 151 proof rum, and one eyeball candy. So what you're going to do is you're going to pour your juices, your brandy, I've got the rum in here. You're going to put that all in your shaker and give that a little shake. And then I'm going to pour that right into our martini glass. And then we're going to float this 151 proof rum on the top here to give it a little little kick, float a little rye in there. Just a 
And we're going to put it, also flow a little of that grenadine there, as you can tell what I've done. And before I do anything else, I'm going to drop my eyeball candy to the bottom there. So now, I, I advise you to use a wooden match for this. And the instruction says never leave a lit cocktail unattended. So we're just going to kind of light these. Just for just for a look, and it's kind of a almost like a Harry Potter drink. This is very cool. And we'll blow we that wonderful up. little flickering lights. Yep. Oh, is that working? It's getting my beard a little. The glass can get hot. Yes. <laughs> That's pretty darn good. That's delicious. It's a little bit stronger than I could take, but it's wonderful. You could vary the juice and the rum. There's quite a bit of rum in this one. So. Nice. Well, we have a lot of rum drinks, because that's my rum punch. The punch I made, which everyone is imbibing right now, it's um, my own version of the Witch's Brew, which uh, I changed it around just a little bit. Not much. Uh, it's in parts, because you're making big batches. And it's one and a half parts of rum, and it's the Crazon Citrus Rum. I like that. It has a, it has a great lemon-lime orangey flavor already in it and this is sort of an, an orange drink we got one part pineapple juice one part cranberry juice and two parts some sort of lemon lime soda now i like the kikapoo joy juice that's a sister's citrus drink that i had when i was a kid and it was um, from little abner that that was their liqueur that they made it back in the ozarks i'm trying to think of uh, Polecat. <laughs> I forget who did it. These two hillbillies made it. And it wasn't moonshine. It was a liqueur. And uh, on the front of the can, there's a little Abner characters. And now, you can. it's hard to get. You get it um, out of Asia, or you can get it at Vendum Liquor, and um, or at the Soda Shop website. Anyway, I like that citrus flavor. And uh, you put ice in the punch bowl first. And then you add the ingredients. So it's very simple. It's a good thing. How does everyone like it? Yeah, well, very, I think it's a success. Very good. Now, we have a sweet drink now. One more. In case you're a lightweight like me and you need something, you know, without the alcohol. And this is my version of the Virgin Hocus Pocus Fizz, which has nothing to do with the real one. <laughs> I just made it my own stuff and I like it better. And it starts with the only ingredient that's in the original is one cup of pineapple juice. And oh yeah, this is also in it. You have three drops of red food color, two drops of yellow food color. And then I add a bottle of Q-Drink Sparkling Orange, which is great. It has orange juice from supposedly all over the world sparkling there for you. And then one can of Canada Dry Lemon Lime Twist and a half a can of Cactus Cooler. <laughs> <laughs> and so here, boys, I'm going to pour you all a little bit of this here. Pocus Pocus? Yes. It almost has a candy corn. <laughs> it does, the color, because the orange juice. But it's good. See, it's like a... It's very good. It's sort of like a super cactus cooler, basically. <laughs> so, I got one for the kiddos. I feel like I need a bucket to spit all this drinks out that we got. <laughs> I like the wine. I must put it on my mouth and... Spit it out. Mm. All right, well, so try some of these at your next uh, get-together. We're enjoying them as we speak. 
and I think you'll enjoy them too. Now it's time for another tale of the supernatural. This one comes from a 1973 record, Thrillers and Chillers, which is a good description of the story. It's the classic tale of the monkey's paw. After that, we move on to the great American horrors.